2: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I
1: never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And
2: we're still here
0: from roommates to co-hosts this is the back check with brendan azoff and stefan rosner your go-to destination for new york hockey and nhl news and now it's time to drop the puff. here are your hosts brendan azoff and stefan rosner
1: What's up, everybody? This is a big episode. It's episode 40 of the Back Tech. That's kind of crazy. And it's officially the end of the hockey season, which always brings a little bit of a tear to my eye. It was a great season. You know, we battled through a 56-game one, and the last time that we're going to have to do that, hopefully, for the foreseeable future. Next season, we got fans back, 82 games, normal hockey again. Thank the Lord. But, Stefan, how you doing today? I know that, you know, we're kind of all recovering from Watching what happened last night, both during the game and after it.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a great game. That was a that was a playoff hockey game to a T, a one nothing win for Tampa. And I, you know, I, you know, you watch everybody celebrate, and for me, it doesn't really matter who you root for, or who you root against, who you hate or don't like. Something about watching the Stanley Cup pass around from player to player. I just, I don't know, it sends chills down my back. I remember, I forgot a couple years ago, a team won a better. Hated, and I was going. You know what? This is this is cool. This is great, and I felt so bad for Montreal. Shea Weber and Carrie Price's post game uh, conference was tough to watch. Just because, I yeah. Well, you, you don't want Price to win because if Price wins, and there goes that Longqvist Price comparison in the eyes of some people, which is probably not fair. But I'm just hearing Shea Weber talk. You look at Shea Weber and Price, and clearly towards the end of their careers, close not that they're close to the beginning, and you don't know how many chances you're going to get. I mean, that was Price's first trip to the Cup. So, it's tough, but there's winners and there's losers. And for back-to-back seasons, the Lightning take home a cup to Tampa. Um, yeah, I, there's not much more to say about that, but it did get interesting after after the game, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, I mean, another prototypical Lightning-clinching win, Or right? Vasilevsky gets a shutout and Smythe won nothing. He did wind up taking home the Smythe. I got the Lightning in five. I thought Kucherov was going to win the Smythe. You know, he was only like 15 points better than every other forward in the league, but <laughs> – um, I, goalies,
2: I guess the stop pucks. And at the end of the day, the game was stopped. most of these series clinchers have been, uh, vast actually showed yeah. Up. Yeah, like, so. that,
1: that's, that's where he won the consmite. is because they were all shutouts and it was five straight serious clinchers he was he incredible last year, Stanley cup. And he was yeah. No, I'm not, not saying he was, but all I'm saying is that, well, we'll talk about this in a little bit. We'll go into that. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we're going to do a little bit of a debate episode here. We have some <laughs> questions that we're posing. We agree on some of these, we disagree on others. So, we're going to go into it, but the first, we're going to kick things off with Harry chested Nikita Kucherov coming out to the post-game presser, shirtless with a beer in hand after the Stanley Cup win, and he went on a little bit of a rampage. And whether you like it or hate it, it, it's a legendary post-game press conference after winning a Stanley Cup final. So I'll kick it to you first. What do you think about his presser? Do you like it? Do you not like it? And your thoughts?
2: All right, so... My beliefs out there on Twitter, how I felt about it. I think it's more of a. I might have. I might have overreacted a bit, but at the same time, I think this is a two-part question. Do I think what he said about backing up Vasilevsky and how he's the greatest goalie in the league should have won the Vesna? Forget about Flurry. Forget about that guy in Winnipeg because he couldn't remember Hellebuck's name. Again, was he drunk? The and We don't. We don't know. I have no Beth Weiser here, but. Um, I wasn't a fan of bashing another fan base, given the fact that, first off, what all the fans that do endure of not watching hockey last year, not being able to, excuse me, be in the seats to watch games, not really having a tough, not really having an easy go of things this year, especially in Canada, where they eliminated immensely, to them celebrating their one win in the series by going absolutely nuts and crazy and, I don't know, destroying police cars, whatever it was. To me, that's passion. That's why I think hockey is one of the best sports because the fan base is being from our island and seeing what Islander fans do. And we saw it, the beer cans thrown in the, I'm not saying that's a classy move by the Islander fans, but it just goes to show the passion hockey fans have in general. And to bash a fan base for reacting after a big win against a juggernaut of a team in the Lightning where no one really gave Montreal a chance to make it this far, I have no problem with Montreal fans going absolutely nuts. I don't, they act like they won the cup because to them, you have to win one game at a time. I think bashing them was disrespectful and also yeah you want Vasilevsky to win the whole thing but uh, you know Fleury won because his stats were better and his team wasn't I think I, I don't think his team was as good as the Lightning. Lightning are a juggernaut of a team. No, no team is as good and I don't know if he forgot Hellebuck's name on purpose. I didn't, didn't give a crap in the moment to remember Hellbuck's name but him winning the Vezina a couple years ago. I, I agree Vasilevsky's is the greatest goalie in the league but you look at the team around him he still has to be great I just think some of the some the way he came across last night, especially with now you go back to the way Tampa manipulated the cap legally, him being the center of that, it was just the biggest kind of F you to anyone that hates Kuchra, but at the end of the day doesn't care. It the real person people should be mad at is whoever gave him the mic. Already knowing he was drinking, he was energetic, he was probably gonna say whatever he wanted. I mean he dropped the F bomb, what, like thirty six times? You can have a drinking game based off Beautiful. that. I love the emotion. I love the fact that he just won the cup. You're getting that raw reaction. I just think, when, especially when you you talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the biggest thing is the handshake line, right? The the show of respect towards your other players, whether you're fighting in a game or not. I just think the way you came across talking about Fleury and Hellebeck and other you know other players in this league probably could have left that out. All in all, again, you wanted the that type of emotion press People love to see that the passion from a player as much as you want to see it from a fan base. But to me. That is a, I expected a little more respect from Kucherov.
1: Respect is overrated, and respect is also earned, and they've dominated the whole entire league for the last two seasons, so they have no respect for anybody else because they know they're better than them. And people and haven't
2: respected them either at the end of the day. So
1: I love that. Everything that he said in that post-game presser is exactly what we have said after we beat somebody in a locker room, right? Oh. We're talking to your boys. And he just brought it out. And I'm so sick and tired of these bottled-up pressers where we they go, yeah, you know, we just got to get pucks deep, stick to the game plan, that type of crap. He finally showed emotion. He let it loose. And, you know, if anyone has ever been to a party, that's what alcohol is for. It lets your inhibitions go away, right? And he went out there and he just nailed down, the, nailed the coffin onto everybody. He said, F you Montreal. And he said, <laughs> Vasselov, the best goalie in the league. And to start with the goaltending thing, no issue. You could say Flurry's stats were better. Flurry also played six fewer games. He had a better backup. Oh, I think should
2: Vasilevsky should have won the best now. I'm not saying what he said I'm not saying anything that he said was wrong. I just think you're on a world stage, everybody's watching. Respect the, the players in this league you play with. You didn't screw, have to. Him.
1: screw him. He didn't disrespect him. He said that Vasilevsky's a better goaltender than them too. And guess what? He's not wrong. And, and It's him. his teammate, right? He just watched this dude win the con Smythe. Everyone and me, myself included, thought that he was going to win the con Smythe, not Vasilevsky. And the first person to hug Vasilevsky and to go up to and congratulate incredul- was Kucherov. Yeah, so I think sense. he's speaking about that, like that, right? That's like if you all of a sudden won a trophy while we were playing. I'm going to support you. I'm not going. I'm not going to say, you know, Flurry had a great season and Hellebuck was great last year, but Vasilevsky's the best. I'm not going to be that composed. I'm going to say they suck, and my goalie's better. And that's exactly <laughs> what he did. So I completely support him supporting his teammate. And if you're soft on that. Go cry and watch basketball. After, when he went to Montreal, I loved it. I loved it because 3,500 people were screaming, yay, we won. They start flipping cop cars in the streets. You won one game of a Stanley yeah, Cup final. You're
2: talking about a franchise, but I, I don't, care. To a final I don't care.
1: You're talking to a Rangers fan who was watching <laughs> his team, who was down 3-0. They won a game. It was 3-1. And nobody reacted like that. People were celebrating. I remember people walking out, they were singing let's go rangers, but no one rioted. You were down three one in the freaking series. There is no reason for you to celebrate like that. You win game you win game five, right? And you go back to Montreal game six. I fully expect that celebration beforehand, getting amped up, getting ready to go. Make that building loud, even if it's only thirty five hundred. Then you could celebrate. Then you could start to, you know, say, What if, what if? Three-one, you celebrate the win, a normal win, right? You go, yay, we get excited outside, you could jump around, have some fun. You don't do what they did. They didn't win the cup. There's still three games needed for them to win the cup. And Tampa Bay shut their mouths the next game. So I love it. Absolutely love it.
2: Oh, I mean, again, I'm not saying anything that he said was wrong. I just think bashing fans in a sport where fan, you know, you're trying to grow the game, trying to get fans involved. That is growing the game. Yeah, I guess. But people also, you know, people backed him up a lot. Yeah. Let
1: me ask you, what happens next time, next season, right? Because they're in the same division, by the way. Yeah, We we all have this recency bias, but guess what? They're all in the same division. Next time Montreal plays Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay comes to the Bell Center, when hopefully next season is full, but what are they going to do? They're going to sell out. Everyone's going to be booing them, and now you get a massive – this is a must-watch TV. The rating's are going to be through the roof. All he just did was grow the game. So –
2: I don't – not in Canada. Like, I don't well, think –
1: Well, he did. Well, it doesn't need to be grown in Canada, but guess what? <laughs> Everyone's going to be watching that, booing no, him, and it's going to be loud. It's going to be awesome.
2: That better be a game uh, – I guess I'm not going to have Wednesday night. No, they never – they got rid of Wednesday night rivalry a couple of years ago, but this is a new rivalry, obviously, a, a much bigger one. But uh, this this has to be a game that's like uh, prime time. All right, so, Brendan, let me let me ask you something. If the Islanders find a way – I know we're playing the water game because I know you said oh, it didn't happen – if the Islanders beat Tampa in Game 7, do they win the Cup?
1: Easy. Are they that much? They same, have... same amount of games.
2: Okay. Because a lot of Islander fans, after last night, it hurt. Uh, they would, It hurt. And I'm not going to say it hurt watching just me. It's, you know what, the situation unfolded the way it did. There's no guarantee. You don't have Anders Lee, Kucherov played hurt. By the way, I was half right. I've had a, a fractured rib that he did play through. And you heard about Kaloran had a, a rod through his fibula. <laughs> he
1: goes, I yeah, mean, I wanted to play. <laughs> okay, you, ever see, <laughs> you, ever see, you ever see that
2: Geico commercial about Nick Baxter when he has the – I have a splinter and he's got a hockey stick through his shoulder, believe it, and he's walking around. Yep. That's what it reminded me of. But, uh, no, okay, so it was tough because the Islanders were that close. Back-to-back years, if Tampa's not in their way, I think the Islanders beat Dallas last year. I mean, I do. Again, you, you, you know, you look at, well, if we had the pieces, if Palmieri was here and Lee wasn't hurt, but this is the situation you're in. That, that's what happened. There's, there's no guarantee next season that Adam Pelik's going to stay healthy or Lee's going to stay healthy or well, maybe Barzal gets hurt. Knock on wood, obviously, for Islander fans. But I'm not too mad that Tampa won again just because, yeah, you can talk about the cap you want and we'll go over that in a, in a little bit. You still got to win the games. the eight, Yes, Kucherov's a great player. Kucherov is one player. You can't shut him down even if you shut him down, they have so many other weapons in a braided point. Again, they maybe really should have been in the ice, whatever you want to say. Tampa deserved to win the cup just as much as Montreal, to me, deserved to be in the finals. Everyone was saying Montreal doesn't deserve it. Well, you deserve it because you're there. You don't get – yeah, maybe you got there by flukes. Tampa uh, – Toronto, excuse me, asked the bed. Winnipeg was their best player. They got lucky breaks. But it's like a, time, you It's like poker.
1: It's like poker, right, where you win a hand. You deserve to win the hand, but, yes, you, you were dealt the right cards. That's the exact same thing with Montreal here. Did they deserve to be in the cup with the way they played? Yeah, they beat the teams in front of them. Did they deserve to be in the postseason? No, because they wouldn't have been in a regular season. But guess what? This isn't a regular season. They got into the postseason, and they made the most of it. So the fact to say that they didn't deserve to be in the cup, no. They, of course, they did deserve to be there. But at the same time, I think they finally got exposed. They were on a run, and they finally ran into a team that didn't really care what kind of run they were on. But I do extend an olive branch to you for being an Islanders fan, by the way, because when the Rangers lost to the Kings, the Kings were down 3-0 in the first round to San Jose that year, and they came back and won. Then they were in double OT in Game 7 against Chicago – and I will die on my deathbed saying that the Rangers would have destroyed the Blackhawks in that postseason. I was rooting. Like You could ask my dad, my family. Game one of that series, I said, Chicago better win this or else the Rangers are losing the cup. I did not want to play L.A. And they won off the crazy deflection off Nick Letty in front. So all those bad bounces happen, and then you finally get to the cup, and it's 1-0. It's game two, and Dwight King, goaltender interference, doesn't get called. They wind up winning that game in double OT, and next thing you know, the Rangers are losing five. So that it, it's always a what if, and the Islanders have a really good case, as did the Rangers back then, but what if the, what if the Kings lost when they were down 3-0, and what if the if they beat the Lightning this year? Because I really about, do think they would have won the Cup.
2: Speaking of what if, what if Josh Anderson could corral puck last night? I kind of struggled a little bit of watching, and there were some chances where I was like, oh, if you just – that the 2-on-1 with Cal, uh, Caulfield – yeah. coffee passed him it's like ah, ah, that mo- you've been so good the whole post so good He this rang week. the bar too he did ring the bar and he also got his head rang the bar or shoulder <laughs> the, the post when he slid into there but I was like in that moment when Anderson flubbed that pass and he didn't have enough time to hit it back it's tough to watch because he's been so freaking good for that team and that's one of those moments where you need your best player to make that play because if he makes that pass back over coffee probably scores. I don't know what happens. And you're talking about that Montreal wins that game, sure, so they win a couple more. It probably doesn't happen. So tough to watch Anderson. Especially when he got on the breakaway too and fell down. It was, it's just unfortunate. Those are plays where you hope Anderson comes through at least once. Yep. It was tough. But let's move on to the next topic of debate, Brendan. Did the Lightning deserve to win the Cup? Now, I just made my statement clear and so did you. Yeah, they deserve to win the Cup. The circumstances align where Kucherov comes back. The cap, they're way over the cap, but yeah, have that, that little uh, maneuver there where you can be over the cap in the postseason because were were on long-term IR. Do I think he was healthy enough to return in the regular season? Of course. But any team in that situation would have done the exact same thing, no questions asked, and people would have only berated them if they had won the whole thing. Because look at the, at the Ironers, Lee was healthy. They're probably $7, they're seven or $8 million dollars over the cap. Yes, Lee is not Kutrup, and that's what the problem is here. Turn about getting a legitimately top ten player in the NHL back healthy to play on a team that's already without Kucherov, do they think? Do you think they won the cup? No, no, I don't think so either. That's I don't that's think very,
1: they actually get past Florida. Florida was, was gonna very, say, very very good.
2: Yes, so that I mean, yeah, that's why you're going to get a lot of hate. But at the end of the day, they still have to win games, still have to play games, and they didn't blow every team. if they blew every team out of the water and went 16 straight games, swept every series, Ooh. and won the whole thing. That I ever gripe because that's clearly you know yeah. that's messed up. They had to battle. They had to win big games. They had to play an Islanders team that is a very hard team to play against, and beat them in a game seven in a game where they scored on a shorthanded goal because five on five nothing was really happening. They had to bear down shorthanded, kill off a penalty, and score on that to win big games. And last game, last night's game. Was not an easy task. Yes, they didn't allow Montreal a lot of shots, and it was pretty much Tampa's game to lose, in my opinion, because they just they were the better team. They, I mean, towards the end of that game, where they were just killing the clock. Yeah. And it was dominance. But Vasilevsky made a huge save, blocker save. I forgot who made the shot, but like, they had to show up in every game to win. And John Cougar even said, "This was all the players. I just sat there and chewed gum." And this Lightning team was built for greatness. This is a legitimately one of the greatest. Teams you'll ever see in the NHL under a salary cap. You'll never see a dynasty again, in my opinion, because back then there was no cap issues. Somehow Tampa figures it out. They're in trouble with this offseason. They're going to lose about four or five key guys, and that's just the situation. We'll see what they bring in. But do they deserve it? Yeah, they did. No matter how many people hate it, they want it back-to-back years.
1: So I want to go on record saying this. Okay. You're not 3 no, I, they can't. Can. It's to not be possible.
2: It's just not possible. That's why you don't see teams do it. They were the second team in, what, like, 20-something years to win back-to-back. There's a reason no teams win a third.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And this might go down as – they should go down as one of the greatest hockey teams of all time because yes. of what they've been able to do, and they're doing it in dominant fashion. But the one thing that's always going to haunt them, and it's completely out of their control, and it has nothing to even do with the salary cap thing, is that they won one of them in a bubble – So there's always going to be a little bit of eh. And then their next one was one in a 56-game season where there was no fans for a majority of it. So I really think that despite how good they are, people are always going to downplay how good this team is. And the only way that they could really quiet that down and say establish themselves as one of the best NHL teams ever is win a third. Is win a third. But I just don't think it's going to be possible based on the expansion draft that has to happen, the cap room that they have to clear, because they are 18 over it. That, that can't happen regular season time. So they're going to have to maneuver some way around it. Um, and if, t- if they put Tyler Johnson on waivers, guess what? Somebody's claiming him this time around. Um, it's not happening again. <laughs> so uh, people were like, don't claim Tyler Johnson. Don't help out the Lightning. Well, by not claiming him, you help them out even more. <laughs> and was and that was bad. He, he was so good in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, they're, not they're, in,
2: they're not in cap trouble if they have players like Pat Maroon take pennies to stay and win. But, yeah, yeah, but they're, they're big players. They have so yeah.
1: many big names that have to get paid. It. I mean, the, their whole defenseman is pretty much free. It's going to be tough.
2: And you look at, you know, if the Lightning were able to win the Cup, they really got swept by Columbus. That is hands down probably top five greatest teams of all time. If they had dominated the way they dominated in the regular season and they went in the postseason and absolutely killed it and won the whole thing, that's an 82-game season. and that's, that's the greatest team. Yep. I get the asterisk point. In my head, I didn't even think about it. Over the really last 24 hours, I completely didn't even think about it being a short season. Didn't completely think about last year being a COVID-riddled thing. But I feel like both seasons brought about their own challenges that they had to go through, where that, yeah, in the 82-game season, oh, did. Of course, you have to counteract. But, I mean, you had to go through a lot of stuff, COVID. I mean, it's probably a tougher year. And when we look back, we're going, really, yeah, okay, they didn't play as many games. But the travel, the teams they played, I mean, their division was tough. They didn't finish in first. And It had a lot to do with Kucherov not playing the entirety of the year, but well, you have that, and then
1: they also could they know that they could play on cruise control. Oh, we
2: saw that, yeah. It,
1: it, they know it's like the, when the Blackhawks were winning cups and they were they knew that they didn't have to finish first, That whatever matchup they got in the first round, as long as they were healthy, you're gonna play. And this year, they didn't have Kucherov, right? You're, you're they're sitting there legitimately waiting for the postseason to start because the rumor was all year he's going to be ready for the playoffs. Sure Stan enough, Coast he is Sam
2: Coast got hurt a little bit. Not as bad as usual. Sam and Coast
1: was phenomenal.
2: phenomenal. Phenomenal in the – in Oh, wait, wait, wait in the series. He was good. After he scored the two goals against the Islanders. But but that's crazy, though. Garbage it. time.
1: Garbage time goals. He, he was absolutely –
2: He scored the first goal in that 8-0 shellacking on a power
1: play. I, I... – he was the one of the worst players on the Tampa Bay Lightning this whole entire well,
2: You texted me, by the way. You texted me. I don't know if it was an hour before that game where he scored two goals or it was the game I was at prior. And you texted me and said, Is Stamkos even playing? And in my head, I go, Oh, I forgot about Stamkos. Because usually if he's on the rink, you're paying attention. You notice
1: him. I, I don't know if he's I injured or any yeah, older.
2: I personally think it has to do with being injured and that I don't think he's. I don't know if he'll ever be completely healthy. He's had too many injuries, but also. It's crazy that they didn't need him to be... It just goes to show that they had so many players. Take away their stars. Blake Coleman, unreal. Yanni Gord, unreal. Tyler Johnson, unreal. Kevorn Blockshot, a what Like, they had so many guys that David, uh, David Survivor was awesome. Uh, Ryan McDonough was unreal this postseason. I mean, take away his spin-around move before Pulak made that diving save, because that would have tied the game probably, and that momentum right there would have... Surely had to have Tampa winning that game. And then, you know, he made a pass early in the series for the win. Savard picked up a great – they just – their bottom – their players that aren't their superstar players played phenomenal. And that's how you win Stanley Cups. It, it's not about your stars all the time. You need the bottom six players to show up. And for the Lightning – I mean, Ross Colton scored the goal. Yep. Ross Colton.
1: That's what happens, man.
2: That's like the guy for Chicago scored with in the dimes. Andrew second. Shaw? No, not Shaw. Not they Dave Bowling. Dave, oh, Bowen. Dave,
1: Dave, Bowen. Dave Bowen. Yeah, Dave do
2: Yeah. I remember, those are the players that come through in those big moments. And you don't know, remember Kiviranta. I mean, that's a player that, you know, he's a young guy. He has a lot of time left. But you see players time and time again in the big Stanley Cup games. Those are the guys that score a goal. Those are the guys that get done because they go hard to the net and make big plays. The yeah. superstars, of course, superstars make big plays as well. But, you know, you look back at go, oh, we remember Dave Bowen because of that goal he scored. He, he was an, uh, eh, hockey player. He didn't really do anything, but he scored that big goal and he won a cup. Ross Colton could do nothing for the rest of his career. And he scored the game-winning goal on a Stanley Cup game for them to clinch and win back-to-back. Yep, it's crazy. So that's, uh, let's experience. move on,
1: and you move on because you talk about stars now. So, the biggest star of the playoffs was Andre Vasilevsky. And now we're going to pose the question here Do they win with a different goalie in net? Now, this is an interesting question because I think if you swap goalies in the series and give the Canadians Vasilevsky and give the Lightning Price, I still think the Lightning win the cup. Um, a different goalie, maybe not, but. I think that depends on the matchup. I think Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the league, but I also think that the Lightning are one of the best teams in the league and that he does have some easy-sailing games at times.
2: I agree. I think he has easy-sailing games. I think that, like you said, it depends on what goalie is being put in because if it's a fringe NHL starter in goal, no, Tampa's not winning because they need big-time saves from Vasilevsky all posted. I mean, yes. He had some easy wins, like the 8-0 win against the Islanders. But he also had a 1-0 win against the Islanders in a tough game. Yes, but see, Tampa did such a good job in these clinching games to limit shots and blocking shots where he just has to focus on, okay, as long as I'm positioned well, I'm gonna make those saves. But he, he had some great saves last night, a lot of backdoor plays where he got there. He's just, he's just the best goal in the league. Now, if you switch him, I think the Lightning still win. But you have to think about it, too, is Vasquez and Net. Lightning would have had to work harder. I know Carey Price didn't start the series off great, right? I think he had like an eight twenty 28 percent through the first handful a couple of games. He wasn't great. I don't know. It would be very interesting to see that happen, though. we'll never know. I just think that yes, Vasky won the con Smith. People say I know I saw something on Twitter today, everyone going, Well, I don't know how people say he's not is underappreciated or underrated. He just won the con Everyone's thanking him. It's not the point that he's underappreciated or un it's just this team is so damn good that when you think about their stars, you don't mention Vasilevsky, they're probably the end. I mean, yep, he's right. he's their rock. He is he was, good. You took him out of the lineup this season, I've said this over and over again, because it's really was the only game I can remember, but they played the Red Wings one game with him not in goal. They got lit up, and the Red Wings are terrible. I mean, this was, I don't know if it was last year were for that, but not when Vasilevsky wasn't in goal, the Lightning lost. I don't know if it's just how good he is or the confidence with him in goal and the backups they have aren't great because quite frankly, why are you going to spend money on a backup when you have Vascovsky who plays pretty much... It? If Vascovsky wanted to play a full full season, he could do it. I really yep. believe that. He's just an animal. 82 games, maybe not, but in these shortened seasons, he could have played every single game and have been fine in the postseason. I just think that he is a make or break for this team. They win the Cup, yeah. I don't know if it's in this many games, though. This few of games, excuse me.
1: With Price and goal, yeah. With Lundqvist and goal, yeah. It, Montreal wasn't good. I, I I hate to say it, but in the Stanley Cup Final, that's not a Stanley Cup Final-caliber team.
2: No, I mean, that's also you're going against the greatest team. I mean, you think the you think it would have been the same amount of games for Montreal Islanders, but you think it would have been as dominant. You know, their wins their wins were dominant, except obviously their overtime loss for Tampa, but you think the Islanders dominate Montreal like Lightning did?
1: Five games.
2: It no, would have been the same what exact thing. What you're saying, but you don't think they would have been a lot closer wins? No,
1: I don't even think Montreal would have scored as much.
2: Hmm. Interesting, yeah, but I mean, we all, I, there's nothing more to be said. Vasquez is a, I mean, to me already, Vasquez is a Hall of Famer, just because he's great. But I mean, he's got to get get off his two uh, um chest protector because I think it's a little big for him. Give, you see that picture, Benjamin, it was him and Carey Price side uh, yep. by side in there. What I could a centimeter or two apart from each other, whatever whatever the measurement was. And, uh, yeah, I do I think it's cheating? Of, of course not. Yeah, that's just the angle
1: of the picture.
2: No, no. I guarantee, though. I mean, every goalie, it's preference. But I don't think goalies, chest pickers, and I'm a goalie saying this, have to be as big as they are. I get you're facing 110-mile-an-hour shots, so you want the padding there. You don't want to hurt yourself. But you look like Sorokin. Sorokin looks small, though. I think it's a comfortable thing because he... Doesn't want that heavy thing. For me, I'm a small goalie, so I have a huge chest protector. Because if I didn't wear a chest protector, I'd be, you know what, I'd be screwed. I, I'd be terrible. And okay. does it help? They make saves sometimes. Sure, I would like to give myself a little more credit than that. So I don't know why I really rip myself there. But like Carey clearly looked smaller than Vasilevsky by a lot on that angle, and of course that angle was taken on purpose. People, have, uh, that was just a picture of the way it worked with the line, the handshaking, but um. I don't know if the I think the NHL does have to do something to regulate goalie size because they did it with pads. And I think chest protector wise, I don't know if you can make one rule because each goalie is a different size, but I think like whatever your size is, that's the chest protector size you have to wear. Whatever your height and weight, whatever I don't know. I'm no doctor, scientist, mathematician kind of guy. I talk hockey Definitely for no not. money. So yeah, all right, let's move on to the next one. Pat Maroon, a legend. Is he a legend? Three Stanley Cups, back to back to back, St. Louis, then signs of Tampa. The Riggs a legend. He's a legend. He's a legend in my opinion. Just because he doesn't care about money, he cares about winning hockey games, winning championships. And I think we need more players like this because this is what it's about. A lot of players in other sports. I'm going to call it basketball because I I can't stand it. Quite frankly, players just legit want as much money as they get their hands on. They'll never spend it in their lifetime, and they don't win. You see a lot of players go to teams, and I've seen in football too. You see star players go to teams that'll never ever win. But they got paid, and I get it. You want to take care of your family for life? Pamun clearly shows that winning top uh, trumps all, and I think he's a legend.
1: I think he has had the most enviable career of any NHLer because it's the most like common man career, you know, where he never has been the best player on any team, not even remotely close. He's never been a guy that is needed to necessarily win the Cup, but yet here he is. He takes that money for less, right? He, he does his job, and... It's quite a big ways to win. He did score a couple of big goals, right? And I think if you ask him, and obviously I have not, but if you ask him, I think the most valuable one was the first one when he went home like and, and won with St. Louis that, that oh, they weren't expected to win.
2: They also needed a the cup. They had a cup. That was their first cup.
1: Yep, their first cup. They were a terrible team before the All-Star break. They wound up going on that run and winning, and I think that would be the most valuable one for him. But the last two definitely don't feel – any different for him and and you could tell by the end when he's i love when they pick up the cup first of all and they start dropping f-bombs like you know blank and stuff and
2: you can't hide that that's not (laughs) hideable
1: i love it because it's all on national tv and uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing but yeah definitely a very enviable career and what always angered me the most is i watched somebody like him when one two and three and there's somebody like Lonquist that still can't get one. And that always pissed me off. But hats off to Pat Maroon because definitely a legendary
2: uh, career right now. I mean, you're talking about a guy that didn't make a lot of money with St. Louis. He was a bottom six player. He did not come through in big moments in that postseason run. But then you look at he signs a two-year deal with the Lightning. Annually valued at $900,000. 900, not even This guy, doesn't matter what he does, he helps teams win. $900,000. He took less because Tampa's always a team that's salary cap uh, has salary cap issues. And when he won with St. Louis, he went to Tampa and pretty much said, I want to win. I want to win again. Sign me whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, you know what? I think I'm okay with $900,000 a year. Now, his next contract, who knows, will it be with Tampa? Will he join a new team? I guarantee there's a ton of teams out there that are saying, oh, please leave Tampa and come, and come, come join us. So, it's been a heck of a career for Pat Maroon. Obviously, no, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a winner. He's a winner. He loves that fun. Uh, fun fact: He played roller hockey, and he almost—they kept telling him to stop playing roller hockey and play ice, and he said no, and played both. And he was a very good roller hockey player. And yeah, that was a little fun fact there. But um, the guy's a legend because just again, he embodies every kid's dream is to win a cup. And he's just living his dream again. He doesn't. Not, I mean, nothing. I, I wish I had nine hundred thousand dollars coming or coming around. But for an NHL player that wins like that, has a role like that, you're probably looking at one to two million dollar range per year. So he's not that far. Maybe two or three. Given the fact of he just finds ways to win, so you have to credit that. The guy's just a legend.
1: Awesome career for Pat Maroon, and still going on. We'll see where he goes if he stays in Tampa, where he makes his next stop, and maybe he'll win another cup there. But the next one, we'll start talking locally now, right? So obviously, if you follow the Islanders or hockey in general, you've seen the rumors floating around with their link to Vladimir Tarasenko, who just requested a trade from the St. Louis Blues. And if you are talking about this name potentially four years ago, we're going like, oh, my God, pull the trigger right now. Get this guy to come here. But it's a little bit different of a time. You know, as time passed, this guy, he's not necessarily old. He's turning 30. But guess what? He's had a couple of shoulder surgeries. Hasn't been the same player the last couple of seasons. Hasn't really played the last couple of seasons. So Stefan, as someone who covers and loves the Islanders, I'll give it to you first. You staying away, you getting him, and is he a fit? Repeat
2: your questions again, can I want to answer them the same exact way. Continue. Okay. Are you staying away from him or are you
1: going after him and is he a fit?
2: Uh yeah, he's a fit four years ago. Now no he's not a fit just because I'm not giving up what I have to give up to get first off the Islanders cap issue. It's already a problem with getting back the team you just had, the team that got you to the Stanley Cup. Uh, excuse me, got you to the Eastern Conference Finals or Quarterfinals, semifinals. Excuse me, I can't talk right now. Semifinals. It's the fact that there's too much risk. Let's say you do trade him and you give up pieces to get him because he's still in some people's eyes a superstar. And he, let's say he gets hurt again, he's not the same player he once was. You just lost whatever you gave up for him. You're still paying him excessive amounts of money. And if he's not going to help you win, you just, you just pretty much screwed yourself. I and mean, we talk about the Islanders' window. Once Buzzall signed his deal, that's when the window started to close because now you have that time to win. So bringing Tarasenko in would, it would already hurt you cap-wise unless you could get them to take a lad, which, again, why you have to think about why St. Louis would do that. Tarasenko is leaving St. Louis because he was not happy with the way they handled his three soldier surgeries over the last two years. He's played in 34 games. Now, he's, he's got 24 points in 34 games. Not terrible, Mark. But you're talking about a sniper. And if healthy alongside Barzal and Anders Lee, oh, amazing. But I just don't see him being the same player he once was. He's about to turn 30. I mean, shoulder injuries are one thing. To have a shoulder surgery three different times and expect to come back is crazy. That's not realistic that he's going to be. He might be a good player. But in my eyes, he could be a jordan Aubrey. Solid regular season, streaky player though, and then in big moments, it's a question mark. I mean, if you're going to get an elite winger, you don't want it to be a question mark. You want it to every game, whether it's scoring goals, making assists, or making big plays to help your team, you need that. I feel like with Tarasengo injury, one big hit or whatever, you just saw Anders Lee go down with an injury and he was hurt, and how losing one player of that magnitude affects an entire organization and lineup. Who struggled to score when he got hurt. playoffs, they turned it back up. Again, they had Palmieri. Palmieri looked a lot better than he did during the regular season. I just think there's too much risk involved with Tarasenko. And personally believe I'd rather see Wallstrom on that top line, give him the chance. He might struggle. He might struggle, but he's got to go into being an NHL player because I truly believe that Wallstrom will be that superstar sniper the Islanders have been waiting for for quite some time. And right now he costs significantly less. And with the Islanders cap, I feel like Tarasenko, it's just not possible.
1: So as a Rangers fan, I would love to see the Islanders grab Tarasenko just because, like you just mentioned, it screws over that cap. You're going to lose somebody pretty valuable to that core if you do make that move. I really don't see them taking Lad in return for that unless you're packaging.
2: No, yeah, of course of you things. package, but I, again, what St. Louis is going to? Do they have the same power as Buffalo as with Eichel? No, but he doesn't have to be moved. He's not happy there. That's one thing. Guess what? If they don't like what people are offering, they can keep him. They're not giving him away for free. You're talking about if they want him from the Islanders, you probably have to give back Eberly, Bavaria, maybe Bellows. You want to put Ladd in there, you're going to have to give a pick. I mean, it's going to be an in insane package because they're going to ask for the most. They know the Islanders are cap constrained right now. They're going to say, okay, you want us to take those condos off your hands? Well, give us a pick, give us a prospect. We don't want to do that. Well, you want to get this money off your hands, and you want our star player. you got to pay up. We're not giving him away for free, and that's t- every team in the NHL because every team has cap issues, and they have to find teams that can take on that cap. Now, if St. Louis gets rid of Kairosan Goldberg, that's a lot of cap when they have to bring in. I just can't see him being given away for, for nothing. You're going to have to give a lot back. For a player that's a major question mark, Where one more shoulder injury, one more other injury, that could be it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to realize if he's healthy how good oh. he is. Now the thing that I see is if they get him, what happens to the rest of their team? Because you're, you're probably going to lose somebody at this expansion draft that was playing currently this year and have some type of impact.
2: My opinion is probably as of now. I sent out today on Twitter my who they're going to protect. In my opinion, I really do think they take Eberly. Uh, they're not going to take Eberly. I don't think they would take Letty. I mean, he's a puck defenseman. They could take him as well. They're not going to take a young guy. I, I feel like. They wouldn't let Bellows be left unprotected just because it's too easy. Seattle so yeah, gets a, a, a not-unproven star who could be a star for no. He doesn't cost anything. So let's say Everly goes. All right. So now you're gonna okay, okay. Tarasenko replaces him. Well, if you bring Tarasenko in, you probably don't re-sign Palmieri. You probably can't re-sign Zekeas. So now you're gonna have within players like Leo Kamarov playing your fourth, center Which dismantles that fourth line that's been so good. I'm not saying Zekeas can't go. I know you have an article about the Rangers being a perfect spot for him, which is a true statement. I'm not gonna argue that there. So you lose your dominant fourth line. You don't lose side palm So pretty much, you add Terry Sengler, you lose key pieces. The whole goal of Lamarillo right now is he said he wants to bring this team back as much. He wants to retain as many pieces as possible. Well, by bringing in Terry Sengler, you're not doing that. And I think you're hurting yourself because if he doesn't have a good year, you're in trouble. And one line heavy is not how the honors operate. So you put Terry on that top line. The top line produces great. But you're hurting the rest of your lineup. I just, I just don't see it as a good fit.
1: I I agree. I don't think necessarily it is a good fit, but if they have uh, – these guys know a lot more than we do, right? Of course. If Glamarillo's team is going to look at him and evaluate him and say, you know what, he is healthy, they trust the fact that he can stay healthy, then um, they might actually consider it, and well, I, I mean, think, it, it's a I good think shot to have. Yeah,
2: I think you pick up the phone, but you also have to look at it as the honors want to stay intact as much as possible. Is that the right mindset, given the fact that you've been intact the last two years and lost? Like You need to find a player that's going to help you get over the hump of a team like Tampa. Now, how big Tarasenko does that? But again, like I just said, you get Tarasenko, you're losing other pieces that got you to that point. So the fact that you get Tarasenko's grades, you might be that player that gets you over the hump if you still have the same team you had the last couple of years behind him up and down the lineup, which wouldn't be the case. And it's tough. I just, it's just too much risk for me. Personally, it's
1: not my money. bro. I agree. I completely agree. So now we'll go to a team that's trying to build up to get to the point where the Islanders found themselves, you know, in the Stanley Cup semifinals. And it's the New York Rangers. So they have the 15th pick in this draft. We know the history of their draft the last couple of years, winning the lottery both seasons, technically winning the lottery with Kako by moving up from wherever they were to two. And then they won the lottery with Lafreniere. So the amount of young talent on this team is evident. Right. Gerard, Gerard Gallant came in. He's already talked about how he will not stuff these guys in the fourth line. And if he's going to do that, then there's really not a ton of room to bring in another piece of, of young talent to, to stow away and hope he develops. There's really no need for it. So do they keep it or trade the pick? I know you're on the same page as me when it comes to this. I believe we are. I personally would trade the pick. I wouldn't I think they have no need for it. I hate adding all this young talent because no matter how good these kids are right now, the odds are is that they're not all gonna pan out. And I think if you have the ability to move this and get a bona fide top four defenseman, a bona fide top six forward, there is no reason at all to not do it.
2: I agree. I think they have too many they have too many young guys. They're one of the youngest teams in the NHL. They're waiting for this team to take that next step to see young guys step up. But, but what the what the Rangers lack, and you agree with this, is they're they're lacking a, a big body forward, someone that could be physical, block shots, that kind of guy. Some I think that pretty much Torvald would love to have on their team. And I think the Rangers, if they trade this pick and you get a guy like that, um, you look at the Lightning; they have some guys in that lineup that would fit perfectly with what the Rangers are trying to do there. You're talking about a, a top four defenseman. I think they need a veteran pre I think they have a lot of young guys, which is great, but you need players that know what it takes to win and have played in this league and understand what it takes to grow. Uh, Bringing Galant's a great idea because he's been with teams that come together, new faces. I mean, yes, this this Ranger team is not like Vegas, but it's about young guys coming, uh, teammates coming together that really don't play that much together and then say, okay, we have to figure out a way to win hockey games, how are we going to do it? Each line is going to have their own role. And I think Galant wants to build that, but you need a guy, a veteran top, top six guy to come in. And it doesn't have to be a Stanley Cup winner. Just someone who, you know, physical, these guys are so young and they're not, not all of them are huge guys. Well, I mean, is mature. is mature than what Hughes was when they broke into the I know Hughes did add weight. But looking for guys that could also protect these young guys. Yeah, you
1: you definitely need that.
2: You need protection. And I know people in NHL are getting away from, well, you know, this Griddle style that only works in the postseason. You got to get there first. You want the speed, skill, and talent. Every team that wins in the regular season has that. They have at least one or two guy. I mean, look at the Islanders. is pretty much your your definition of how it works. Uh, yes, it's a fourth line, I'm not saying, but if you would put a guy like Matt Martin on the third line or even a guy like Ross Johnson, who doesn't play a lot, it's a big a big body presence, not even if they come through, just because you have to keep an eye on them when they're on the ring, look over your shoulder, that adds pressure to defenses, a uh, guy that could force a cart. Ross Johnson wasn't the most talented guy, he could still play with the Islanders, maybe. When he's on the rink and you're chasing a puck into a corner, that defenseman has to look over his shoulder because if Ross Johnson's coming, he's got to get rid of that puck quickly. they got to make plays, and it puts pressure on the opposing defense. And I think for the Rangers that have so much offensive talent, they need a guy to come on the rink and scare the other team physically besides being able to deacon dangle.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. And there's a lot of names that are going to be, you know, open to traded right now on this block, like – When you think about the expansion draft, right, everyone goes, who are they going to take from which team? But in reality, they're not going to be taking everybody, a player from every team, because there's going to be trades that are made and there's going to be trades that are made as a consequence to those trades. And, I mean, you look around, right, somebody that comes to my mind that could be a potential fit just stylistically, you know, maybe Jake DeBrusque, right? You look at somebody like that. He's underperformed in Buffalo, big body guy, stuff him down in the fourth line. And he kind of fits that mold of young, talented people that you think might be able to pan out. Do they go after somebody like a Matthew Kachuk and bring him in? I don't know about that, to be honest. But, I mean, there are big names and big bodies out there. Vander Kane, potentially, right? I mean, could you bring him in? So there's people that you can look at and see, hey, these are tradable pieces. But there's also, are you going to exchange the 15th pick for an Evander Kane? In my mind, Yes. Because when people think of Evander Kane, right, they think of a big-bodied guy who could fight, whatever. Yeah, we're <laughs> talking about somebody that could score at will at this league. He scored at will the last two seasons in San Jose. But because San Jose has been abysmal, nobody has talked about him.
2: So yes, he has some off-ice issues to be yeah. dealt with, and New York probably would blow that up media wide, But he'd probably get a, good, a lot of views. It'd probably help them.
1: Hey, listen, it, I, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him in if that option was there. But I – Personally, do not view this draft as a draft class that is strong enough where at 15 you're going to get somebody that could pan out right away, let alone pan out at all. So if I have that option, I am moving that pick 10 out of 10 times. I think that Drury is going to move this pick. I would be very surprised if they took it. And who they wind up moving it for is the lone remaining question. We'll see.
2: The last, about, the last thing I'll say. The last thing I'll say. But the only reason to keep it would be if there was someone they, someone that fell in this draft that they really have their eyes and that, wow, this is a diamond in the rough. People are all passing, but we did the scouting. We love this guy, and we could get him at fifteen, and no one's, no one's gonna see it. I mean, but the odds of that happening are, are very slim, especially with all the analytics. To get a guy that falls, if you got a guy at fifteen that was like, and eh, he turned into a superstar, that's kind of more lucky than. Luckily, then, your data. I think there's, again, prospects are pros, they're called prospects for a reason. You have no idea where they're going to be until they play in the NHL. So I would trade this pick and give the Rangers the best option they can, and we'll see what happens. But they definitely need a, a top-six forward of they, physical presence.
1: They do. I, I, this offseason is going to be very interesting for them because they're not really going to lose somebody of significant value in the expansion draft. We already know that. And I, I really don't see any way that – they don't go out and try to get this team better because there's no reason for them not to. You brought in the head coach already. You have the foundation. Add that one veteran piece and that one gritty forward that can help you and, and go on a run. But um, before we end this episode, we do have to send our condolences to the family of Matisse Kivlenix, right? I mean, that was an absolute tragedy the other day on July 4th. And uh, I remember when I was – waking up that morning of july 5th i was not expecting to read that news that a 24 year old goaltender had passed away so definitely a tragedy i know i shared on twitter that i was at his one of his two nhl wins i actually saw him beat shesterkin and the rangers at msg and i walked into that arena going who the heck is this goalie that's playing for columbus i've never even heard of his name could hardly even read it on his jersey because there were so many letters and then all of a sudden he's lets up the first goal range drop one nothing and nothing the rest of the game i was like this kid might be pretty damn good so it's really a big loss for the hockey world whenever you see somebody that passed away that young definitely a tragedy
0: the back check is your one-stop shop for nhl news and all things rangers and islanders thanks for sticking with us for this edition of the back check follow the show on social media at Pod.